Welcome to Teach Me the Bible podcast. Each episode focuses on a variety of topics, books, and themes found in Scripture, but this one is different. Join us for a special Easter edition to learn about the events of Holy Week. Each episode has a dedicated study guide, and you can download the full version in the show notes. This is Teach Me the Bible podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We are in day four on our uh, Passion Week with uh, David Klingler. My name's Tim Webb. Our Teach Me the Bible podcast. And David, we are well into this week. And as you've said, there's a lot happening in this week. But today, we want to jump back into our uh, Upper Room Discourse, except now they've transitioned. What's happening now? Yeah, so the disciples, so Jesus has talked to them Mm -hmm. in the Upper Room. Now Judas Iscariot has left, and Mm -hmm. now... Uh, Jesus is taking his disciples, and they're heading towards the Garden of Gethsemane, and mm-hmm. and so uh, and so this uh, week we're we're walking through some of the events, at least as John presents these uh, mm-hmm. this last uh, these this last week of Christ. Just want to remind you that uh, that uh, that all of the Gospels present so many different things that happen. These last days are just action packed. Right. There's so many parables that Jesus are teaching, mm-hmm. um, uh, whole discourses. Jesus is doing a lot of teaching in these last few days, right. and uh, uh, you know we talk about the Olivet Discourse that's in uh, in uh, the, the Gospel of Matthew, mm-hmm. and, and that happens during the last week. So there's a lot of things that's going on. Right. But but what we've been talking about in the in the Gospel of John is that the Word became flesh, tabernacled among the disciples. Mm-hmm. And now in chapter 13, Jesus has washed their feet; he has made them clean. He is preparing them to go and tend his sheep, feed his sheep. Uh, and uh, and so we're right uh, in the middle of it, and mm-hmm. and uh, so Jesus continues uh, at last verse of chapter uh, chapter fourteen. Arise, let us go from here. And so now they're they're walking. And if you've been to Israel, you know uh, mm-hmm. we we're from Texas. You know, we're down here in Texas. And I remember the first time <laughs> I went to Israel, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I don't know. He, Arise, let us go from here. And, you know, four days later, he gets yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah. And um, I remember the first time I was at. Uh, uh, at the the uh, the Beatitudes, you know, where Jesus uh, mm-hmm. preached the Sermon on the Mount, Sermon, yeah. and then that's chapters five through seven of Matthew, and then you get to chapter eight, and he's in Capernaum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I thought, well, you know, I, I, it never occurred to me how far that might be. Well, it's not far at all. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just you know, literally hundreds of you know, it's it's just measured in yards or meters. Yeah. You wouldn't measure it in in even miles. It's mm-hmm. it's not uh, it's not far. So everything is is really close. And so the upper room would have been just. If we're sitting on the southern steps of Temple Mount watching this, it would right. be, you know, kind of over to your west just a little bit, you know, not to very far at all. And we're, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's a pretty short walk. And then Jesus would have come, maybe walked right across the, the southern steps of, uh, of Temple Mount as he, as mm-hmm. he went down across the Kidron Valley, down yeah. across the valley and up, uh, into this, uh, Bottom of the uh, of this next hill that's over, um, you know, yeah. it's the bottom of the ravine, and and uh, and now you're in this garden. It's the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, it's a olive garden, and at the top mm-hmm. of that hill is the called the Mount of Olives. And mm-hmm. so, so everything's happening here really closely. And so Jesus is walking, and he's explaining, "I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit." He takes away. Now, uh, Jesus has explained to them uh, in the book, you know, in Jesus' ministry, what bearing fruit and and what the reader's supposed to understand uh, from bearing fruit in the in the Gospel of John goes all the way back to chapter four. Mm-hmm. This is what Jesus encounter with the uh, with the Samaritan woman, uh, and uh, and he uh, tells her. 
who he is, and she goes and she tells others, and they return, and and the disciples show back up, uh, and uh, Jesus instructs them. He says, already he who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For um, in this case, the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. And so Mm -hmm. uh, not only has Jesus been sowing, but the Old Testament prophets have been sowing, and they've been talking Mm -hmm. about this Christ, and and the whole Old Testament is looking for this one to come. And John the Baptist is saying, this is is the one. You know, behold the Lamb of God who takes away Mm -hmm. the sin of the world, the one who gives eternal life. And, And now the disciples are taking their spot, and they're entering into their position, uh, their place where they're going to proclaim this to us. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so they're, they're to abide in Christ. Mm-hmm. He's the one who has eternal life. Uh, and uh, if they abide in him, they will bear fruit for eternal life. They will share the gospel and others will believe it mm-hmm. and bear fruit for eternal life. Of course, the problem in this story is uh, after his death, burial, resurrection, they're back fishing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're fishing for fish rather than Fishing for, for men. men, you know, uh-huh, that's really right. not the gospel of John, but nonetheless, right. it's a, you know, it's really ironic that that's what they're doing. But, mm-hmm. but he says, every branch in me. And so, uh, Jesus, um, is talking to his disciples. I am, uh, the true vine. My father is the vine tresh, uh, uh, vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. Uh, and then the New American Standard translates this. He arrow, they translate arrow. He lifts up. Uh, that's literally what it means. They translate it as take away. Hmm. Um, um, as if it's take away for judgment, something like that. Well, that that could be, but less. Uh, but you, but you've got to read it. Uh, any vine dresser, uh, anyone who's done any, uh, you know, a, a a vine that's laying on the ground won't bear fruit. It needs to be lifted up to the right. light. It right. needs to right. be shown the light, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. Uh, literally, he cleanses it. He he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit, right? And so. Um, Pruning is, you know, you would cut it and, and take it away. No, uh, it, it, Jesus' desire for them is to bear fruit, mm-hmm. uh, bear fruit for eternal life. He's entrusted them with the word, the words of the Father given to him. Now he's sending them out. Mm-hmm. And if they're not bearing fruit, they need to be lifted up, right? Uh, now, uh, is there someone in this story that's going to need to be lifted up because he wasn't bearing fruit? It's yes. the one who's going to deny Jesus mm-hmm. three times, and and he's disheartened and and John's and going to bring that up. Yes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, and Jesus is going to come to Peter, and he's going to lift him up mm-hmm. so that he will bear fruit for eternal life, yeah. and he sure does. I mean, as we yes. read later in the yes. story, Peter does right, and so every tree in me that does not bear fruit, uh, he lifts up, and every. Uh, branch that uh, that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear bore fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. A branch can, uh, as a branch, cannot bear fruit in itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Mm-hmm. The source of eternal life, which comes from the Father, is through the Son, through the words of the apostles. I am the vine, and y'all are the branches. If you disciples abide in me, Jesus says, mm-hmm. uh, and I in you, and I in him. He bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, uh, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so you prove to be my disciples." 
um, there is one in this group uh, the, of these disciples that's not going to bear fruit, and that's, mm-hmm. uh, of course, uh, uh, Judas isn't going to bear fruit. And the question is, are these others? And, and really, it hangs in doubt on the other side of this when, uh, you know, with Peter, mm-hmm. right? But Peter's going to be encouraged. He's going to be lifted up. Um, and so they're, they're, Jesus, uh, Peter's going to make all kinds of bold claims. Yes. <laughs> but we're going to see if he's going to, uh, I'll go with through. you wherever. I'll die for you and all yeah. this stuff. Will you really? Well, we're going to see, yeah. right? And so, uh, and so um, uh, the Father is glorified uh, that you disciples bear much fruit. So you prove to me my disciples. Now, uh, this sounds like it's uh, the whole thing's hanging in doubt. Well, let me, let me uh, go ahead and ruin the story for you in the suspense. Uh, we're sitting here. Because the disciples, uh, they, they brought forth much fruit. Yes. Uh, they uh, proclaimed the gospel. Others believed the gospel. That gospel has been handed down. And now throughout the whole world, there are people who are, have believed in the words of the apostles, the words of John, mm-hmm. which are the words of Jesus, which are the words of the Father. And through believing in those words, they have eternal life. We have eternal life because mm-hmm. of the son who was raised from the dead. And so... Jesus is explaining to them uh, what what uh, is going to lay in front of them. Now, uh, this is going to be good instruction for them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this th- these things they will do to you in my name because they do not know the one who sent me. They're going to make you outcasts in the synagogue. They're going to persecute you. The world's going to hate you. Uh, they're going to make you, uh, you know, the world hated me. The world will hate you. Fear not, mm-hmm. I've overcome the mm-hmm. world, right? Yeah. And and that uh, that reality is going to continue with the word all the way down. From the very beginning of the Bible to the very end of the Bible, there's two sides. They're very distinct sides. Right. Uh, and the relationship between the two is enmity. They're enemies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Christ is the seed of the woman, the promised one who has come. Mm-hmm. And he has given his words, the words of eternal life to his disciples. And so he has proved, uh, they have demonstrated that they are, they've identified themselves with Christ. Now, for us today, don't be shocked if when you identify with the Lord, when you identify with the word of the Lord, the disciples' words, the words of the apostles and prophets should be persecuted. Mm-hmm. The world hates Christ, always has. Uh, you know, Satan uh, is not a fan of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Those who align themselves with Satan and his his uh, deeds are not a fan of Jesus or of the church, but mm-hmm. fear not. There's nothing to fear, right? right? Uh, and so uh, in chapter 17, then Jesus turns to his prayer. And I, uh, of all of the passages that uh, just encourage me, uh, th- this one is certainly, uh, is certainly one. Uh, he's mm-hmm. praying for, to his, for his disciples, to the Father, right? The hour has come. Glorify your Son, Jesus, praying to his Father, even as you have given uh, him, uh, the Son of God, a uh, Son of Man, authority over all mankind, to all that you have given to me, he may give eternal life. And this mm-hmm. is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus uh, Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you while on earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. I have revealed you to mm-hmm. my disciples, right. the ones you gave me. They were in the world. I took them out of the world. I've given you, uh, given them your word. That word has made them clean. He's going to, to explain uh, in these following verses. And now uh, I have given them your word, picking up in chapter 17, verse 14. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, mm-hmm. but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Set them apart in truth. For your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so also I send them into the world. 
And for their sakes, I set myself apart that they may also be set apart in truth. I do not ask, this is my, one of my favorite verses. Mm-hmm. In the New, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, <laughs> but for those who will believe in me through their word. Mm-hmm. The ministry of the Spirit comes to the disciples. Uh, it helps them call to remembrance all that Jesus said and did. And they write down those words. They proclaim those words. Those words have been handed down generation after generation, faithful men, teaching faithful men who are t- mm-hmm. all the way down through the church. And now the word has come to us. And so Jesus in chapter 17, verse 20, is praying not only for his disciples, but for all of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Mm-hmm. As much as I love verse 20, uh, I'm discouraged by verse 21, <laughs> right? That the church has not uh, come together. Mm-hmm. And the reason why the unity of the church, not in some kind of pseudo, let's all hold hands and sing right. kumbaya, but, sure. but that we may all be one in Christ, that the, mm-hmm. that the, that the body of Christ may be one, so that. There, there's several so that's that, that, mm-hmm. that follow here. Uh, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, that they may be in us, so that. One, the world may believe that you sent me. Mm-hmm. If um, if the church isn't unified, if if we don't love one another as Christ mm-hmm. loved us, the world will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. If we don't do that, then one of the ramifications is that uh, that the world will not believe that the right. Father sent the Son. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse uh, twenty two, and the glory which you have given to me, I've given to them. The word that you've given me, I've given to them. The life that you've given me, I've given them. So that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me. That they may be perfected in unity. Here's another so that. Yeah. So that the world may know that you sent me. And that you love them and that you love me. There's three. Mm-hmm. Right? If the church does not demonstrate the love of the Lord towards one another, there are ramifications. Mm -hmm. Then the world will not know that the Father sent the Son. The world will not know that the Father loves them, and the world will not know that the Father loves the Son. Mm -hmm. So is our witness, is our love for one another, our unity in the body of Christ important? It certainly is. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so... um, Coming out of this uh, of this death, burial, resurrection of Christ, the thing that's going to unify the believers is their uh, belief in the Son, mm-hmm. uh, resurrection of the dead, eternal life, and they're going to be put into one body, right? And so, if there was ever a time uh, that uh, uh, that we need to come together as the church, it's over this Easter. The thing that we have in common, right? We can debate about all kinds of theological issues. Um, but the resurrection, the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, and because of his resurrection, right. it is our hope. It is our only hope, mm-hmm. and that ought to unite us. Mm-hmm. And if that unites us, then there's ramifications for that. We'll love one another. We'll care for one another. Right. We'll bear one another's burdens. We'll pray for one another. All of these imperatives mm-hmm. that come throughout the New Testament are founded on the resurrection of Christ. There is nothing more important than the Scriptures, mm-hmm. in all of the Scriptures, if there's no resurrection, mm-hmm. we can take all 66 books and throw it away. Right. right. If there's no resurrection, Christmas doesn't matter. If mm-hmm. there's no resurrection, there are a bunch of people that walked onto the scene and claimed that they were the Christ and, in fact, weren't. Mm-hmm. But the resurrection demonstrates that he is the one. And because he has life through resurrection, so also shall we. Mm-hmm. That ought to change everything. It should. Right? Um, but unfortunately, uh, we find ways uh, to have divisions in the body. Yeah. 
And uh, and so Jesus praying for his disciples, praying for this word, the word which gives life, he's mm-hmm. given to his disciples, and it's been handed down. And so now we're the recipients mm-hmm. of it. Every generation in the church uh, has been entrusted with the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, will the church operate on the words of the apostles and prophets, or will we come up with our own words, our own desires, do what's right in our eyes, and try to justify it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so now it's our turn to walk faithfully uh, and to keep the word of the Lord mm-hmm. as it was handed down the, uh, through the apostles and prophets, the word that gives eternal life. Amen. Well, David, thank you. As we are wrapping up day four, getting closer to the crucifixion, uh, this excitement, our enthusiasm as we're moving towards the resurrection, but at the same time, there's this there's a split, if you will, because as as we're reading through this, and you mentioned the church, uh, Paul writes in different places where he was weeping over those mm-hmm. who walked away. He's weeping over his brethren who have not believed. And so I do want to celebrating by all means, but it also ought to change our prayer life. Absolutely. You know, the, as a church. Absolutely. And focuses in. So I just want to encourage everyone to stay in there with us. And thank you for another day, David. Look forward to tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for the special edition of Teach Me the Bible. Don't forget to download the full study guide from the show notes. Check out our social media for any questions, updates, or previous episodes. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast.